What's up, it's Andrea. Today, we feel sorry for Alexander. Worf is such a quitter. And we ask the question, why again do we allow kids on the Enterprise? Come hang out with us. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Sharice, today we're talking Season 5, Episode 10, New Ground. This episode was written by Sarah and Stuart Carnot and directed by Robert Shearer. Worf, along with the rest of us, is less than thrilled when his foster mother <laughs> arrives with, her, with his son, Alexander. Although... Helena and Worf's foster father, Sergei, have agreed to raise the boy after Kaylar's death. Helena now reports that Alexander is having a difficult time adjusting to his new life, and he needs to be raised by his father on the Enterprise. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> what, are your, what are your initial thoughts on this episode? You know, looking at the thumbnail, currently while we're recording this, this episode is only available on Paramount+. Plus, and there's just this weird little thumbnail that doesn't mean anything or remind me of anything. Yep. And then there's absolutely no description. So please update that Paramount Plus. <laughs> so I was like, what is this new ground? Are we doing terraforming again? Cause that never goes well. So I had no idea what this episode was about. And then I, I wikied it and I was like, oh, it's the one where Alexander comes on board. I still don't remember this episode. <laughs> I was just like, I don't, I don't recall anything <laughs> that happens here. So I was like, okay, this is kind of going to be a new, a new watch for me. Clearly this is a, this is a skipper for me, I guess. Um, what about you? What were your initial thoughts? Well, I love that you did say like, it's no longer on Netflix. Um, as of a few months ago, as of like May or June of 22, um, it's off Netflix and it's, you know, Star Trek is all on Paramount plus now. And my initial thoughts were, why isn't that on Netflix anymore where I can just play it at 1.5 speed? Yeah. Why? I come on Paramount. Give us the speed up version. Mm -hmm. I, I will say I like Paramount plus because of all the Star Trek, you know, it's a one-stop shop for Star yes. Trek stuff. Yes. So that is convenient and that's nice. However, I got to say Paramount plus has some stuff they need to iron out. Like their, their closed captions usually don't line up with what's happening in the scene. It's like eight seconds behind on everything, which is, like it's not 1999 anymore, guys. Come on. <laughs> like yeah. you've had a lot of years to get that together. And the 1.5 speed thing, like, but to you be know, fair, come on. Netflix is the originator of the streaming service yeah. and it's been around for, I don't know, 20, 30 years or whatever. Yeah. And they just got the 1.5 speed. Like they just started yeah. doing that not too many months ago. So to be fair, it is kind of a newer thought to put that into streaming. So yeah. hopefully that thought catches on. Because I think Let, let's that's hope. necessary everywhere. <laughs> Listen, at the very least, let's just, you know, get our closed captioning to line up with what the people are saying, because that is unacceptable. The, the 1.5 speed, whatever. Like, I wish it would be there for this episode because I don't like this episode much. But yeah, like uh, that, I'll cut them some slack on the closed captioning. Though, I'm like, uh -uh, no way, Paramount Plus. <laughs> like, it's way too late in the game to be having like really janky closed captioning anyway. All right, let's just jump into this because the sooner we jump in, the sooner we can get out. <laughs> um, now, there's some new technology called a soliton wave is being tested out um, and the enterprise has been asked to participate. Um, it's actually a really cool idea. Like you don't need any more like bulky warp drive or nacelles. A ship can create a soliton wave and then ride it through space like a surfboard. And it's sort of like... Um, 
yeah, it's like a, kind of like a wormhole that just travels with you only, you know, it's like you mm-hmm. just ride this wave and you get to where you need to go. I really wish this actually would have been like more of the A plot than the B yeah, plot. Yeah, this was such cool science, mm-hmm. such cool science. Like I was just gobsmacked by it. I was like, oh, this is neat. And it looked, it looked kind of, um, you know, old school CGI or whatever. Yeah, oh, for sure. However, I still like the CGI because it clearly showed exactly what they were describing. You mm-hmm. see a big wave in space and you see the ship riding on the wave. That's it. Yep. Like the, the graph, the visual was so perfect. And also, I don't know if you noticed, but the planet, they, the planet they went to was Bellana three. And they use this name again in Voyager for a character who's one of my faves. Oh, you're right. I was you're like, right. I, I love they bring this name that. back. Yeah, they had. I didn't even catch that. The first line of the episode. And I was just like, they're already crushing it with names. We've got Bellano. We've got the Soliton wave, which is just such a cool name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was a fan of this whole idea. Mm-hmm. And I didn't remember that at all. Yeah, that that's really cool. Um, and there are like some question marks I have about the Soliton wave, but we'll get into that as we touch base on that. But, you know, I know I love that, like the person who's nerding out the most about it is Jordy, of course, because he's like, guys, like this is so cool. And Data and Worf and some other guys are like, yeah, this is new technology and it's got a lot of like promise. And he's like, oh, come on. You know, like, yeah. have you ever been that kid? And that's really been me where you're like, guys, guys, check this out. This super new thing that's happened or whatever. And then the adults are like, mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, oh, this is not my audience. So poor Jordy is not finding his audience. And by the way, I surf, um, just got out of the water this morning. I went surfing early this morning so we can squeeze in our recording time today. And I love how surfing is common enough in the 24th century that it can be used in analogies for, for Jordy mm-hmm. <laughs> to be telling a Klingon, like, yeah, you just ride it like a surfboard. And I was like, mm, okay. So, yeah. and for Worf to be like, uh huh, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. I was like, really? Does Worf have like a surfboard rack, like above his <laughs> bat left rack? That, Maybe I not, but he, that. he was raised on Earth. So we do know that surfing is still oh, a pastime. True even in the 24th century. Well, and I think I, that's good. I am thrilled. I am thrilled to hear it. I'm a big, I'm a big, um, surfing fan. And actually, uh, the town that I live in was like one of the first places in the mainland U S where surfing ever like took place. Like when it came up across from Hawaii, like 120 years ago, whatever. So still lots of surf culture around here. Anyway. Um, now we have, we have a subspace commute subspace communication from Helena Roshenko, which is Worf's adoptive mother. Um, and she's like, hi, so like, I'm on this transport, like really close by. I'm going to beam aboard the ship. And he's like, wait, what, what? Okay, cool. Goes to the transporter room, finds one that Troy is not hanging out in. Mm-hmm. And like, be- she beams on with Alexander and out. Al- and you know, and he's like, Hey buddy, like long time, no see, you know? And of course he doesn't say that. He's like, Alexander, thank you for not dishonoring me by being here or whatever. He yeah. Says. He goes to, he goes to shake his hand. And I think, I don't know how old Alexander supposed to be in this scene. Cause I don't remember how old he was. I think he was three when Kalar died. Um, yeah, so he's maybe like five, so in maybe this timeline or five, not yeah, he, he, five he or six. He's old enough for school. To, so yeah, he reads to me as like seven, seven or eight. Yeah. In this kind of space. Yeah. I think he, I think the actor is probably seven or eight, but I think Alexander himself should be about five or six. Um, we'll say six. So he goes to shake his hand and like who shakes the hand of a six-year-old who does that Worf is like extremely suppressed remember like Guinan yeah. was like mm-hmm. I know lots of Klingons who laugh and that was like it was really Guinan in earlier episode to be like make us feel like oh yeah wait a minute like they do laugh they're always like 
ha ha haing over over like you know their Klingon blood wine or whatever like at the at the com, but like Worf doesn't do that, and because Worf is our like main Klingon, like we just think that's how Klingons are, and then you're like, wait, no, dude, this guy is like ridiculously like repressed mm-hmm. and like suppressed, and it's. It it is interesting to watch. Notice that they never make a, a wharf day, but they do make Captain Picard day. So even Picard isn't as bad as Worf at dealing with with and kids. But yeah, kids, that's true. He, he does he does shake Alexander's hand, which gave me like shades of my childhood. <laughs> I'll tell you, as an adult, I'm extremely cuddly. I'm very snuggly. And maybe it's because I got handshakes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So here, yeah, yeah. so here we have Alexander and Worf shaking hands on the turbo lift. Yep. And then he says, God, he like, is so awkward with that poor kid. Oh, yeah, he is. He says something to his mom, like, so how long are you staying? Or maybe he says it to Alexander. Yeah. And then Alexander's like, I'm not leaving. Like I'm staying forever. And then it's like, bum, bum, bum. And goes a commercial break. And you're like, I guess that's like a commercial break level. Oh, see, I actually situation. thought, I actually thought, so he says, how long can you stay? And Alexander goes, I'm not going back. And then, um, sorry, Worf looks at his mom, Helena, and she looks at him like, um, I was going to tell you, like, she was kind of upset that the cat's out of the bag. And then I actually wrote, now this is a real bump, bump, bump to cut to credits on because not only did you like get sprung with this kid with Kalar, like major no, no, like not telling the father that there is a child about to be born and then was born, but like, poor i really feel for Worf in the situation like he had a moment with kalar after some calisthenics on the on the holodeck and before you know it she's back with a kid and then she gets bumped off immediately mm-hmm. and then he gets dumped at mom and dad's house in russia on earth and then like it's now dumped off at Worf. like this poor kid is like feeling so abandoned and i feel really bad for alexander worse than i thought i would feel but i also feel bad for Worf because he's like all i did was like have sex with Kalar once like <laughs> and now I'm a yes. dad and now I've got this whole oh, yeah man. I feel I feel really bad for Alexander I feel less bad for Worf I feel bad for him also yeah. but like relatively because he was about to marry Kalar as soon as they were done having sex so yeah. he would have been totally down to marry her have kids with her and all yeah. of it but yeah. she was like ah, I'm not ready and ran away so he was like all right so then when she came back with the baby with a kid it was like what like that was yeah. a terrible shock, but I think he would have been totally down to be a father had he been aware of the process. Like, had yeah. he been aware anything yeah. was going on? Had he known there was a kid? Like, he would. I think he would have totally, totally been there and been a part of it. But it was just a surprise. And you're right. He, she immediately dies, and his first thought is, "I can't take care of this kid." Like, it was just too much of a shock, and just drops him off at the parents. I felt really bad for Alexander this entire yeah. episode because I'm just yeah. like he just this kid just cannot catch a break. Mm-hmm. And, he's been, and then Kalar was an ambassador. So he's probably had his whole entire life being lived on spaceships from yeah. ship to ship to ship. He's never had his home was his mom, right? He yeah. never had like a stable place. And plus he is, though he is full Klingon, right? Because Kalar's kind of like, or he's almost, you know, 75% Klingon. Yeah. Whatever, right? Yeah. Like Kalar's half Klingon, Worf is Klingon. He's totally looks Klingon and everything. He's going to be treated as Klingon. Yeah. But his mom was very much against being Klingon and hates Klingons. So Mm -hmm. as Alexander, as far as his cultural identity, who even is he? Where does he even belong? He was never raised on Klingon. He's more of an earther, but like on earth, he's like an aggressive Klingon and he usually lives in space and he doesn't fit in with his dad. It's like, where's this kid supposed to go? And he's like six. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely felt, I definitely felt for him just that whole sense of being lost in the universe and having no place to be. 
and no yeah. one to really help him forge that identity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I do, you know, I'm always annoyed by Alexander because he's just a, a whiny little kid. Let's be honest. He's a very angry, whiny little kid, but this episode actually does introduce him in such a way that you're like, damn, Alexander has been shunted from one place to another ever since his mom was killed. So not only was his home wherever his mom was, as you said, so eloquently she's killed. He has to witness it. Mm -hmm. And then he's just sort of pushed from one place to the next. And even in this episode, as we jumping around a little bit, but like Worf is like, this parenting thing is hard. I'm going to send you to Klingon school. And it's like, the fuck Worf, like Mm -hmm. this poor kid, this was actually a place where I thought counselor Troy was actually a really great counselor where it's like, have you ever really looked at it from his point of view? Like he hasn't had a place that is his own where he feels he belongs since Kalar was murdered pretty much in front of him. Mm -hmm. And like, now you're going to send him off to Klingon school after you've given it the old school try for all of like 42 minutes, like Mm -hmm. give me a break Worf, you know? And it really is, you know, I got to say, like, I feel bad for Worf because this was not a life that he signed up for. But also, if you're going to play, you got to be willing to pay. You know, like he mm-hmm. he had this thing with Kalar and it's a, it's a lot of unplanned pregnancies. Like, well, you know, now you, you got to deal with it. You, you did the deed. Now yeah. you got to deal with it. But like yeah. Alexander didn't ask to be born in this situation. So it's just really shitty for him. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's hilarious that like when Helena and right. Uh, sorry. When Helena and Worf go to 10 forward. Um, she's like, you know, we're too old to raise him. You know, we're, we're getting up in age. Like we just don't have the energy to keep up with this kid. And, you know, Klingon boys require a lot more, whatever, you know, and Worf is like, it's not possible for him to be here. Meanwhile, behind him in 10 Ford, a bunch of kids are like playing games and having soda pops mm-hmm. with their parents. And I'm like, this is not a Klingon bird of prey, buddy. There's yeah. kids all over this goddamn ship yes. way more than there ever needs to be going into battles yes. and riding soliton waves mm-hmm. and all kinds of shit. Encountering the Borg, all the stuff. I had the same thought. So this is the very next scene. There's fucking kids everywhere. There's literally a school on the ship. (laughs) That's exactly what I put in my notes. In the very next scene, Worf goes to 10 Ford with his mom. We don't know what happens to Alexander. And they're talking. And that's when this conversation happens. And I had the same thought where he was just like, it's not possible. And I was like, it's more than possible. There are families. There are schools. There are after school programs. There's a day. There's science fairs. (laughs) I mean. There's holodeck games with other kids. There's kids galore on this ship. The only reason you say it's not possible, what you really mean is I don't want to. And yes. I hear you. I wouldn't want to either, but he's your kid. So what you, so you want better, is not so you better possibilize it, Worf. Yeah. Yeah. Get it together. Yeah. Get it together. And you are a smart, capable, complete adult that is able to figure this out. You yeah. need to figure it out. And it's yeah. not fair for your parents to raise your kid. Like it's one thing if, and I, and I do get it in military and stuff, right. When you're like deployed and you're just not home, like you're not there and you're not gonna be dragging your kid away all around the world to you into like battle zones here on earth in the third century or whatever, or I'm sorry, 21st century. But, um, in the 24th century, apparently that's okay. (laughs) You can take kids with you. (laughs) To any battle zones you go to, yeah, and just put a little force yes. around them. Think about so, think on. about setting up your kid at a base camp where you're deployed currently. How fucking idiotic is that? And they're like, well, but it's in space, so it's safer. It's like, mm, 
but is it though? (laughs) But the point is it's more than possible. So it's like, come on. So then in the next scene, we, we see Worf just kind of like, I mean, he sucked it up and he's like, all right, I guess I'll do it. So he's going to, to register Alexander for school. Mm-hmm. And again, this whole scene with the teacher is incredibly awkward. The teacher's trying to be uh, like, hey there, buddy. Hey, pal. Like, let's be friends. I miss so-and-so. And Alexander's just looking around, like completely ignoring her, ignoring her existence. He's just going yeah. be more. I mean, he's rebelling in the only way that like a six-year-old can, other yes. than having a tantrum and holding their breath, right? He's just like not participating in any of this because he didn't Mm-mm. have a choice in any of this. He was just told he's going to live with the Roshenkos. Now he's told he's going to live on the Enterprise. He's just going wherever, doing whatever people say. Yeah. And um, this scene was just so painful. It was just so painful. It was. And like this episode actually made me realize how much the hassles of being a teacher don't go away, even in a utopic society, (laughs) because we've got all these teacher moments. I really felt for Miss Kyle. She seems like a really nice teacher, but she catches him stealing at one point, brings it to Worf's attention. And Worf is like, my child would never. And I was like, welcome to working in private schools. My child would never do that. You're wrong. Like, "Mm," except that I saw him do it, you know, or like, you know, talking about disruptive behavior and parents are like writing it off. I really feel for Miss Kyle. I feel for Mm -hmm. you, girl. But like, yeah, she's like, hey, Roshenko, that's kind of a tough name. Like, you're going to have to help me with it. Do you know how to spell it? And he's like not engaging with her. And then she's like, okay, date of birth. And Worf has no idea the kid's date of birth, which I was like, maybe even though like you didn't know. Do some math. Was, yeah, even even though like you weren't aware that Kayla was going to give birth when she was giving birth, maybe you should have taken a peek at the kid's like record and just be like, oh, this is my son's birthday. Give me a break. That's yeah. not that hard. Yeah. Not that at hard. no point did he think, did he think to even look that up, which yeah. is super heartbreaking too. And just to see Alexander like roll his eyes and be like, oh, start it, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And, like, and Worf's like, yes, yes, of course. That's when it was. It's like, yeah. And you might've known this stuff had you been around for this child's life instead of mm-hmm. making your career more important than like raising this child that you had with Kalar, you know? Um, and I don't even know. To be fair, I don't even know if Worf made his career more important. I think a different way to say it is he just did not make space for Alexander. He just didn't yeah, even didn't. open up a space in his room, like in his life. It was just like, oh, new new individual, pass off to mom and keep moving. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. even, it just didn't even register that this is a human being that you actually are yeah. responsible for. Even if your parents quote unquote raise him, he's still your kid and the buck stops there. Like you yes. still should be a part of his development. But it seems as if he hasn't seen or, or spoken up or thought of Alexander for years, mm-hmm. like Alexander who? Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm no, on, it was, uh, you're right. You're right. I'm on Helena's side, like drop him off. He needs, he needs the father. Yeah. Also we're the grandparents, like we're old and we earned our damn retirement. So we're not here to be raising your kid. Yeah. Worf, be a parent and like, actually get it, get it done. Now, like the Soliton, the Soliton wave briefing. Can we just talk about this? It's worth speed right, right before that. Worf goes into the ready room to talk to Picard about something and he's getting a million notifications about Alexander. Yep. And he's just like, I'm busy. I'm busy. No more notifications. Blah. And I thought to myself, is there no such thing as like a paternity leave in the 24th century? Cause I feel like he should have taken some, some time off of work. So yeah. He could like get his kid enrolled in school, get his shots, yep. you know, like spend time with him. So that's what I was thinking. But then I also thought, well, he's a brand new parent. Maybe he doesn't even know that that's a thing and that he should do. So maybe just want to throw that out there to be like, Worf, why are you at work right now when your kid's mm-hmm. like at his first day of school? 
What? Yeah, because Miss Kyle, Miss Kyle, the school teacher, wants some information about like the onboarding. Beverly comes over because she needs like a blood panel and a whole you know thing because it's because in the twenty fourth century. So yeah, same same as like enrolling a new student these days. Like you you need to get all your blood work done. You need to make sure you have your all, all your vaccines and all your whatever. And like I thought, all of this could have been an email. And I felt bad that work was getting like a million <laughs> notifications. But you know what, Picard. Knowing his history with kids, I really wasn't sure how this was going to go, but thank goodness Captain Picard was so understanding where he's like, sounds like you've got your plate full. Why don't you take some time off and deal with this? The security briefing can come later. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, thank goodness. I was surprised. I thought buddy, he was going to be so irritated. That's what I thought he was going to be like. That's what I like, thought. Mr. Worf, this is your duty and blah, blah, blah. But he wasn't. He was just like, you're not the first parent to be on board. Go take care of your kid. And I was like, huh? Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah apparently, yeah, apparently climbing the ladder with those kids during disaster did uh, heaps of good because man, suddenly him. he's like, he's like two steps away from Mary Poppins now where he's like, you're not the first parent. Although he was pretty stoic about it. He's like, look, this is something you need to take care of and it can't wait. So whatever else we're doing, like your work duties actually can wait. And thank goodness he was understanding. So next thing we see is the Soliton wave briefing in the observation lounge. Such an exciting premise. It's warp speed without warp drive. Mm -hmm. What a great idea this is. And got to say, never once, even in the really shitty episodes, never once have the graphics, like the infographics that they've got on their little panels. Mm -hmm. Never once have those graphics let me down. They're always (laughs) amazing. They're so clear. I mean, I remember even as like a nine or 10 year old watching this, like completely understanding, like it's this thing that gets shot from the planet and you just kind of have to be in the right place to catch it. And it just sort of picks you up and takes you. And I was like, that is so freaking cool. Although I will say you're getting ready. You're getting rid of the like bulky warp drive on each ship. However, if the soliton wave generator has to be like originating from like the surface of a planet, how bulky must that be? Like, what if you're not mm-hmm. near a planet that has a soliton wave generator? Like th- I had some questions about that. I yeah. Was like, uh... Also the challenge now that you're talking that the, the wave is only going in one direction, which if you're going in mm-hmm. warp drive, you can, you can change the direction of your ship anytime you want. Right. Cause yeah. they're kind of always going around asteroid belts and mm-hmm. planets and moons. And, you know, they're going really fast, but they're driving around obstacles but with this soliton wave, like you just have to have a really clear path and a very straight line, just like surfing, right? The, the, the wave doesn't just like go around the building and come back around the pylon yes, and all this stuff. It yeah, goes in one yeah. direction and crashes. Like that is yep. what it does. So there are some limitations to this technology. However, I could see it working in like a transport capacity, maybe mm-hmm. between planets or, or um, space stations. Yeah. It's like, it's like a railroad. Yeah. It's like a railroad. It doesn't, it doesn't change direction. But it just gets you there really fast. Yeah. 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 And I, I love this idea because I was I was also thinking, how does the wave stop? And they answered that question by saying they there's a sister um interface on some other planet or whatever, and it generates like a canceling wave. Mm-hmm. So the wave has the same frequency and amplitude, but mm-hmm. it's in the opposite direction. So when they meet, they cancel out. And I was like, that's totally how waves work. Look at them talking to yeah. professionals before they started right in this yeah. scene. Okay. So I was like, yeah, yeah. totally work. Like you generate a wave, you start flying, you generate a counter wave and it just mm-hmm. gently dissipates and everything stops. I was like, yeah, this it's is like, so it's cool. like two, it's like going back to the surfing thing, like two waves that hit each other, you know, it's like, they would just cancel each other out if they're the same strength, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. And I actually, I love that idea too. I really do. Yeah. Um, such a cool idea. I wish we would see more about the soliton wave stuff um, in like further 
Star Trek episodes, but like this seems to be kind of like such a new thing that they're like, well, we're just still sort of in beta testing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say the aliens makeup is like oh my, my least favorite of season five so far. Just really? throwing that out there. I did not Why? like it. I don't like the little bumps on his face. Oh, me out. I wondered. I wondered about that. I didn't think one way or another, but I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like it was slightly more positive than negative, but I actually wondered, I was like, I wonder what Sharice actually would think of, of like this. So now we, so now we know. (laughs) I was like, can we just not show his face so often? Can we just hear his voice (laughs) and like, look at the reactions of anybody else or something? Only audio (laughs) transmission only. (laughs) Why is he here in person? (laughs) Um, okay. So counselor Troy is like, Hey Worf. So are you going on the big school field trip? Because, you know, school is such a thing that they actually have field trips and shit. And it was Worf. a father-son field trip, which is super yeah. cute. Yes. And he's like, no, no, no. And, she, and and I love that Troy's like, Worf, put your big boy pants on and go do the shit you're supposed to be doing. Like, you're a dad. You fathered this boy. He's now living here with you. You can't just pass him out. Like, he just continues to pass the buck. He's like, well, Miss Kyle will deal with it. My parents mm-hmm. will deal with it. Troy will deal with it. Kern will deal with him when he's older. It's like, no, dude, like you're not. No. Now they go to this like, um, bio lab to go look at like these different creatures and whatnot. And I, as a teacher, I really felt for Miss Kyle, like a student does something and you witness it. And then it's brought to the parents' attention. The parents are like, oh, my child would never do that. Case in point, Alexander is not engaging in the tour and he's looking over these little plastic models of like lizards and stuff. And, Miss Kyle kind of is talking to the group, but definitely spots him. Cause as a teacher, you have to have eyes on like everybody all at once, which is really hard to do. And she's like, Oh, Alexander, you know? Um, and she was very diplomatic about it. She was. And she, she let all the kids go and play and explore the museum. And then mm-hmm. she brought him to the side. So she didn't put him on blast. She didn't embarrass him in front of all the other kids. She like pulled him to the side. And I agree. She was extremely tactful. Yeah. How she approached him. Yeah. She was like, uh, I'm sure because you're new, you probably didn't know, but like the models are for everyone to enjoy. So if you want to just pop that back, um, then we're cool. And, and Worf is like the parent you never want to do with. He's like, are you insinuating that my child would steal? And it's like, um, right. And she was very careful yeah. to not say steal. Right. She was yeah. like, oh, he just did. Maybe, maybe he didn't know that these toys were for everyone when mm-hmm. she could have just been like, Hey, is that in your pocket? Take that out your pocket. Like she could have yeah. been really like, oh, took it, took it a whole different way. Yeah. She was extremely tactful with, the, with his stealing. And yeah. I was just like, she was on point with it. And Worf was so outraged. And then, you know, <sighs> he asked him point blank, like Alexander, did you steal? And he's like, no, sir. And then he's like, see, that's my son's word. You don't need any more than that. And she has to be like, um, Lieutenant, I saw him put it in his pocket. Like, now she has to break it to you. Like, no, he, yeah. Now she's got to give you the real, real, like, yeah. yeah. She tried so, to soften you know, it and you didn't you know the, to take it. You know, the sugar coating that I gave you before, I'm going to go ahead and give you the salt coating now. Like it's mm-hmm. in his pocket right now. Mm-hmm. And I like that wharf at least. Cause we, especially with this hoity toity type of like parent that we tend to see a lot these days, like that they won't even check the pocket. They'll be like, he said he didn't do it and he didn't. And I'm going to sue you for even insinuating that he did. And you're like, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> right. So she, she really does say like, um, I'm really sorry, but like he did put it in his pocket. So I like that wharf props to Worf for like checking. Yeah. And, and he was the lizard to find the lizard because he was sure it wasn't going to be there because the kid gave his word. So yeah. now he's a thief and a liar. Yep. 
which Yikes. I'm sure is like punishable by death in Klingon culture or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a little too young to go to Kern for that still. Yeah, because then he'd be like 10 <laughs> lashes and be airlocked. Yes, but apparently not too young to like be sent off to boarding school, right? Because it was like, like one mistake. I mean, mistake. It's not like he did it by accident. He did it on purpose. But like he did something wrong and worse just like, he, his way to deal with it is to have a big, long conversation um, because <laughs> this is his first time with a kid. And like, I'm not, I'm not hating no more for this. He doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, how many parents know what they're doing when they have their very first kid, you figure it out. And then you like learn for your second kid mm-hmm. and then you figure out so much more. And then you throw all those rules out for your third kid mm-hmm. and you just let them do whatever the heck they want. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so second kid gets it, gets it kind of good. First kid, not so much. And this is second kid. (laughs) And this is, this is first, first kid problems right here where he's just kind of figured out. So he gives him a a talking to, and Alexander promises he will never, ever do that again. Um, And my BS detector went off so hard. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. (laughs) Lies. Yeah. The lie detector revealed that was a lie. (laughs) (laughs) So Worf, I love that Worf does this like back to school special where he's like the parrot mode. He's like, let me tell you the story of like Jod and Jalar. And like, if one lied, he brought disservice or whatever he did. Like, I'm just making up words at this point, but it was like, I dishonored my family. If I lied, do you understand? And he's like, yeah. Okay, cool. And I love what Troy finds Worf in the corridor. And she's like, um, tell me about this like lizard moment I've been hearing about. And Worf is like, don't worry. I solved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that Troy's like, um, you know, sometimes these conversations need to happen multiple times before you start to see any change. And Worf's like, no, no, all is solved. And there won't be any problems ever again the end but thank you and like basically like just mm-hmm. takes off and she's like okay <laughs> and i love yep and it's I right love after that. she like offers some help like you know i could help no i don't need any help okay yeah I need to help then i've solved the problem he'll never steal or lie again he'll never cop In an life. attitude he'll never yeah. so much as roll his eyes and he'll always get good grades and never dishonor us <laughs> end of discussion yeah <laughs> so all right. Yeah. All of our BS detectors are like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and Worf is like walking around all confidently with his head held high and his chin jutted out. Like I've yeah. solved parenting. And you're like, right. Mm. It's like, this is the moment where probably every parent, I mean, we're not parents, so we don't know, but probably every parent and certainly every teacher gives the look at each other. Like mm, famous last yeah. words. Yeah. <laughs> I have solved everything. Parenting mm-hmm. unlocked. You're like, mm, yeah, mm, mm. you've never worked with this children, is, have you? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. Yep. We're just gonna okay, we're gonna let you go ahead and learn that lesson. We're not gonna yeah. tell you any. We told you one time, half a time. I'm gonna stand in listen. the bleachers and eat my popcorn and just watch this whole thing unravel. And I'm gonna be like, told you. <laughs> yeah. And I've had that conversation with parents sometimes too, where I've been like, yeah, I know you want to do this with your with your child, but I'm thinking here's how they might react to that. No, no, no. I think it'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they come back. Yeah, you were right. That's exactly how my kid reacted. It was horrible. And I'm like, hmm, I, who knew? Right. Like, what a surprise. Yeah. If only if only somebody could have warned you. But who am I to say? But that's none of my I, you, do, you do never know. I do give them the benefit of the doubt. People can surprise you. But like, usually they don't. But sometimes they do. Kalar surprised him. That was a surprise. <laughs> Helena surprised really him too. Did. That was a surprise. And Alexander is nothing but surprises. <laughs> that's all he is. <laughs> I, I felt like after watching this episode, I need like two weeks free from any child, which actually works out because we're on summer vacation right now. So I'm like, this is great. <laughs> like I can take that break and go do whatever I need. I really just felt bad for Alexander. Like, again, it's just like, yeah, please let Troy help you. Please, for the love of God, let Troy help you and let Troy help Alexander because he needs some 
help adjusting to this whole crazy situation. But, you know, like I said, sometimes you got to learn stuff the hard way. So they go onto the bridge. Dr. Jadar has, um, which I think is our second time hearing a Jadar um, name, which is such a dope name, like such a cool name. But anyways, Dr. Jadar is all ready for like to set up the Salton wave. There's going to be a test ship that's floating on the wave. The Enterprise is going to be behind the ship and the wave going warp and just monitoring its progress and seeing that it all works. It's kind of like a, a beta test or whatever. And when they shoot the wave, like I said, the, the special effects were not awesome, but they were so perfect for what they were describing. I was really impressed because Andre and I have this running joke about the cosmic string that like was supposed to be like a string and it was huge. Right. And they, they made all this point of saying it's so tiny and it was gigantic. So I feel yeah. like this actually matched. It was it like, like a wave. swallowed planets and they're like too small to see. They're like, ah. This one was perfect. And even as the episode goes on and the wave gets more and more energy and intensity and they're like, oh, we can't get around the wave because it's so big. I was like, next time they show that wave, it better legit be big. Like it better not be a tiny like a little wave, wave in space because I'm going to be yeah. so irritated that they made such a point of saying it was big, but they did. They made it a lot bigger. So I was actually happy with this wave. I think it's a cool yeah. idea. And I was happy with the special effects too. I, I was, I was too. I thought it was fine. Um, something I was really impressed by, and I think, um, I don't know if you caught it or not, but the energy output, um, is 98% of the soliton wave, right? Yeah. So like that's it's extremely only, efficient. It's extremely efficient. Only 2% of the energy that the soliton wave puts out is like lost into space. Yeah. Which is extremely efficient. Like that is so crazy efficient. I love I think that nothing even... exists like that, right? Like nothing, nothing, ha- nothing exists, anything in the nineties of percent of efficiency, right? No, 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 no. And, and I think even data said something along the lines of like, that's like 73% more efficient than our warp drive. So it's like, yeah, yeah. the warp drive is just churning away and like tons of energy is just being mm-hmm. released out into the void. And the enterprise is only allowed, like able to capture like a certain small percent of that. So it's like, wow, which two things I thought that's extremely impressive. And mm-hmm. also, holy shit, how much energy is the warp engine actually outputting for the enterprise to capture like 30% of that to go warp nine? Like that's a read ridiculous amount of power, you know, 2% like of it is high, lost yeah. to space. It was like that. I was like, as a scientist, I was like, Oh, I love that. Like that just made me happy. And now, it attracts too. Cause a lot of the energy is lost in moving parts and yes. there's no moving part in a big giant wave. There's no like no. mechanics that are like grinding against each other or ticking or clicking. Exactly. Or it's just, it's just a, it's just a test ship riding in this wave, which is actually awesome. Now, everything is looking cool, but then the wave starts to like break down and there's this, like, it starts to become like irregular and erratic. And then there's a sudden drop of wave efficiency and the test ship blows up, which thank God they were still doing test ships. My best guess of what happened is that Riker had been offered the captain's chair for the test (laughs) ship. And that's why it blew up. I don't think it had anything to do with the the wave. That tracks. And with uh, that explosion, the entire enterprise is like knocked on its butt all yeah. the systems go down. And I just yep. thought once again, people, why don't we have seatbelts? Yes. I don't understand. It's the same reason. I don't understand why school buses don't have seatbelts. Like th- got a bunch of kids rolling around loose in here, like cans in a bag. Like this is not a great yeah. system. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, um, it doesn't make any sense. Like why don't yeah. they have seatbelts, but they don't. So everybody, even those sitting down in comfortable chairs go flying across the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and all the systems are down and slowly, yep. but surely like they kind of like start coming back on and now they have to chase down the wave which the wave kept going the ship exploded yeah. but the wave was like Pew! yeah so they lost the wave 
And you're like, oh, this is, this situation has just gotten very This bad. is not going to go well. Yeah, this is not going to go well. And like, it was interesting because now because of some irregularities, the Soliton wave is like picking up speed and intensity. So like, okay, the sister, the sister system yeah. um, now can't put out a wave that's like big enough or strong enough to like counter effect and cancel mm-hmm. out this Soliton wave. So now we've got a problem. And that sucked. Cause I was like, why didn't they just shoot the wave immediately? Like as soon as stuff started going wrong, yeah, shoot it now because it doesn't need to get all the way to the planet, but that probably wouldn't have worked in this case because the wave started gaining more energy. So they would have shot the old wave at the new wave and those, they would not have canceled out. It would have, it would have slowed it down. It would have slowed it down, but the smaller wave would have been like crushed and the bigger wave would have been slowed down, but it would have not stopped it yeah, yeah. still would have kept going and if it was being really irregular would have picked up speed too it's just yeah it was just kind of a whole not Thing. awesome yeah um yeah okay so uh, miss kyle now has to call Worf and have another difficult conversation with him about alexander's continued behavior he's dishonest he's aggressive he bullies other students and i love this line that miss kyle says to Worf. she says He's acting on his internal feelings and then making up stories to explain them. It perfectly encapsulates in a very simple sentence and really beautifully written what Alexander is doing. He has all of these feelings of like abandonment and Mm -hmm. further fear of abandonment because now he's being sent away to a Klingon school and all this shit. And like it explains why he's having these outbursts and these aggressions and because the, because he's doing it anyway, he has to make up a story to explain what to justify, like mm-hmm. why he's behaving that way. Mm-hmm. And so Worf is like, okay, now I got to go talk to this kid. So he finds him in holodeck for doing that skull faced calisthenics program. This is the last time we ever see it, by the way, which I was like, cool, I'm ready to put that guy to bed. Mm-hmm. Alexander says he wants to train as a warrior because that's what Worf wanted. But like when Worf confronts him with the information from his Kyle, Alexander becomes really defensive and makes up even more lies. Like, you know, this is your fault. The teacher is lying. She hates me. So she's making up stories. Like, and I thought, yeah, this is something we all did when we were four or five, when we're acting in a way that's not appropriate or doesn't make sense. We're acting out on our internal feelings. And then we don't like the reality that we're faced with them. So we have to make up stories to like explain Mm -hmm. why we're behaving that way. Alexander is being a six or seven year old kid, but Worf is like, wow, I really failed you as a father. And I was like, yeah, you have. This is true. And he's like, Well, I have failed, obviously. You didn't get the gist about the shame talk that we had yesterday, which I thought I solved parenting. Mm -hmm. So I think the best thing to do is send you to a Klingon school. And I was like, God damn it, Worf. Get your shit together, sir. Like, what a, I've never known Worf to be a quitter. The man keeps on getting the shit beat out of him and keeps showing up to duty the next day. Like, this is not a quitter. What yeah. is he doing? He feels like he's met his match though in parenting, which he's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but he, yeah, he quits very, Ugh, very quickly. But to be fair, he never really like took up the mantle. Like he was only halfway in, in the first yeah. place when he first got Alexander. And now he's like this, as soon as he sees an out, he's like, I'm taking it. But thankfully, yeah. thankfully he has a conversation with Troy. He doesn't just keep DIYing it. He has a conversation with Troy. <laughs> And Troy helps him to see from Alexander's view- point of view, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode. And so he kind of starts to rethink like, wow, Alexander may be feeling abandoned. And I haven't thought about Alexander's feelings, not once, not even mm-hmm. once during this whole thing. I've just been thinking about how inconvenienced I am, how overwhelmed I feel, how frustrated I am with his behavior. Yeah. 
I've only been thinking about myself and I haven't once thought about Alexander. And now that I am, I see that there are some things I can change as well. So he goes to talk to Alexander and Alexander is just furiously packing in the quarters. And he's like, I'm almost done. He's putting picture frames in his little suitcase and everything. And, and Worf is just like, I love that he's packing picture frames. It's like such an adult thing to pack too. I know. Right. (laughs) Why does he even have a picture frame? What's he's like, this is a keepsake memento. I need this. Oh, okay. Right. He's not packing his like video games. He's packing a picture frame, but he's, he's like packing and he's like, I'm going to be out of here soon. And I'll be out of your hair and all this stuff. And Worf tries to talk to him all gently, but it just turns into this big blowout argument. And Mm. Alexander's like, you're ashamed of me. You don't care about me. All you care about is honor. All you care about is being Klingon, you know? And Worf's just like, that's not true. I know you. It's like, he can't even say it because mm-hmm. it's not it's true. true. And so it's totally just, true. Yeah, it's everything he says is true. Like how painful is that? And kids like, man, kids are brutal. Like when kids yeah. are just brutal, <laughs> kids, are, kids will tell you exactly what they think and what they feel. If they can mm-hmm. like ex- access the, the words, they will absolutely yeah. tell you and they don't care. So Worf is just like, you know what? stay in your quarters and don't move a muscle because Riker calls him to the bridge or whatever. And I just thought like, maybe you should lock the door. Cause I feel like he's not going to just like stay there. But then you've already, thought, you've already seen that this in, kid could be ridiculously like disobedient. So yeah. maybe, you know? Yeah. But I also thought like, I wouldn't want to be locked in my quarters. That's horrible. Like that's what you do to criminals. So it's yeah. like, yeah, he can't get yeah. too much trouble in the enterprise. Like, where can he go? Little did I know. That a few minutes later, there would be like a huge like explosion and fire and all of the stuff. And then, yeah, he did get in trouble. But that, to be fair, that could have happened in his quarters too. Like, yeah, that yeah. Same that, and that literally could have happened to anyone. To, to anyone. anyone, anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anywhere yeah. on the ship I, could constantly be in danger, which is why we don't know why there are kids on the ship. <laughs> yes. Which is why there, I mean, I'm just going to say one word, one word about this. And I've said it over and over again, Borg. Mm-hmm. That's all we need to say. Imagine deploying with your child on the enterprise and a Borg freaking assimilates your kid. Mm. Why the F did you bring that? Ch- okay. You know what? We're just going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to be talking about this for the next 20 years, like how it makes no <laughs> sense at all. Like anyway, um, in the observation lounge, Jordy is like, we have two options to deal with this wave because the problem is this wave is going to hit um, this planet at like ridiculous speed and intensity because it keeps building speed and intensity. Mm -hmm. So instead of just like hitting the planet and dissipating or like being dissipated by the sister soliton wave, it's going to take out like half the planet. And there's colonists that live there and we can't have all that, right? Option one was to use the Enterprise's warp drive to create an inverse resonance wave. And I wrote, trust Jordy to reverse that polarity. (laughs) He's like, we can make our own inverse wave. The problem with that is, although it's a great idea, you're like, you just get ahead of it. And then like match speed and intensity and release your own wave. Like don't wait for the sister wave Mm -hmm. right from the other planet. Like just do your own. The problem though is because the wave keeps fluctuating in intensity, it's going to be really hard to match it, which Mm -hmm. I figure if you have it, you know, try to get as close as you can and release multiple waves that just kind of like eventually sort of break it apart. But they're like, there's some danger to that. And they're like, okay, so option two is we're just going to blow it up with photons. And I thought that doesn't seem as concrete. How do you blow up a wave with photon? Okay, whatever. Doesn't matter who. Let's just go with that. But, but you know, explosions are pushing. I don't know how an explosion would work in space, actually. But on Earth, expo- explosions, anything that detonates, yeah. pushes air in front of it. Like yes, it creates yes. waves. It creates pressure waves. Yes. So a pressure wave would absolutely cancel out another wave. Um, yes, But in true. this case, I don't I don't know because it's space. Don't know about and, all that. Uh, yeah. 
Like, how is this wave even going? I don't know. I don't know. There's like a lot of, a lot of question marks, but I was like, okay, explosion creates a wave, a wave could stop a wave. Uh, I'll buy that. I'll buy it. Yeah. But the problem is they have to go through the wave to get to the other side to set off all the torpedoes or whatever, because, um, the wave has gotten so big, they can't possibly go around it, which again, mm-hmm. I was like, hello, 3d space, go above it, go beneath it. <laughs> like you it can go 3D all the way space around again. It. Everybody but, keeps forgetting about 3d space, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> but they do try to say like, it's so big and it's like fluctuating that it would take a long time to try to like go around it and then get back in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not enough time before it hits the planet. So I was like, okay, so you have to go through it. All right. So they're going through the wave to get to the other side, to detonate the the torpedoes. So that way the wave will stop. And at the same time, Alexander in a fit of defiant rage has gone yep. back down to see the endangered animals from the father son field trip. The Corvin Worf- Gilvos. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Worf had promised to take him there, but during their big blowout fight, Worf was like, I'm not taking you anymore. And Alexander so was like, but there. you promised. And it was like, no, th- this <laughs> wait, is how did he say it? Is. I'm sorry. Yes, how did he uh, say it? The worst. He's the worst. I love him. Sorry. I'm just kidding. He's not the worst. I actually like Alexander. I'm like the only one of our friends who doesn't hate Alexander. I, it. I can't stand but, him. I can't. But, Although I really feel bad for him though. In this, in this in, episode. Like, this episode actually really beautifully illustrates why he feels so unwanted everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because he is kind of unwanted everywhere. Everywhere. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's not his fault. He is just a kid. He's a very normal, regular kid who's feeling fucking unwanted. Although yes, for has myself- a lot of evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Look at all the evidence, how nobody wants me ever. It's like, damn it. Yeah. He does go down there to see the Gildos. And as the ship is like rocked by being in this wave, they're in this wave and this wave is hitting the enterprise hard with like radiation and like a whole bunch of shit is happening. So now everybody's thrown around the bridge thrown, you know, we see, we see Alexander being thrown across like the bio lab. And it turns out that like, the wave is hitting the enterprise hard with like radiation. So they're like, we need to evacuate like decks and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Cause when that first explosion happened, a bunch of parts of the shield grid went down. So the entire yes. ship was not protected. Yeah. So they were like, all right, sections, this and this and sections that, and that yep. do not have any more shielding. So evacuate everybody from those sections. So they're like, cool. I don't know what their evacuation system is like because Alexander was definitely in that section. So I don't know if they have a loudspeaker or something. Yeah. That's like, Hey true. guys leave. Um, but it seems like they didn't, maybe they had someone going door to door. I don't know what happened, but somehow Alexander slipped through this net of like, everyone needs to evacuate. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have, they didn't, they should do a bosun's whistle and just be like, Hey guys evacuate. Yeah. There's no, there's no like like, loudspeaker. I don't know. Yeah. Also with all the panels in the hallways, it could just like do, 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 you know, like the lights that blink. They could um, do so much stuff. Like in episode one. Yeah. yeah, They could just like, like calm to those decks and be like decks, such and such through such and such. Everyone Mm -hmm. evacuate immediately. And mm-hmm. turn on the emergency lights, just like in an airplane. Yep. Um, so maybe all that was going on and, and Alexander didn't recognize it because he's new to the enterprise and did not go over safety procedures. Maybe. So in any case, when this, ex- when they're going through the wave, that part, the biolab four gets exposed to all this radiation and it catches fire. The coolest set ever, like everything's on fire, beams so have fallen cool. down, all this stuff. And Alexander's trapped in this terrifying place. Well, one of the things that like, happens before this is that they're like, we need, you know, the guys on the bridge are like, we need to evacuate all this shit. And they're like, okay, cool. And then data's like, wait a minute. Sensors indicate that like, there is a humanoid life, like in the bio lab and Picard is like, computer identify, you know, the life that's in, you know, the bio lab, what's going on. And the computer says, um, 
the person in the bio lab is Alexander Roshenko and Riker, like the, the camera's actually on Riker and Riker like looks up at Worf, like, Oh my God, you know, and Worf has this like, Oh shit. Like my son mm-hmm. is in there and can die. And that must be the most terrifying thing a person can yes. ever experience. Yeah. And so they rush over there and try to help him out and Worf. And they have exactly three times. minutes before radiation floods that area. When yes. the torpedoes detonate. Yes. So get yes. him in three minutes. And I just thought to myself, you don't have anyone closer. You can't do yeah. a side site. Tra- oh, they couldn't do a side site transport because all that all the systems were down. Transport's but I was down. like, yeah. You don't have and that anyone closer. Yeah, I they was first just said like, that. Three minutes includes getting to the turbo lift, down the turbo lift, like all the stuff. And I was just like, oh my gosh, how could they do this? Yes. Well, so they end up opening it up, you know, like Worf a couple of times does the like mom who lifts the pickup truck off of the kid adrenaline thing. He's very data in this episode. (laughs) Yes. He, he like rips off a panel and fucks with the isolinear chip so that he can open the door. And then he opens the door and like fire comes blasting out and Alexander is trapped under like an eye beam. Right. And so Mm -hmm. he does the, like lift the truck, the truck off the kid bit again and saves Alexander. And Alexander's like the Gilvos, they'll die. And Riker's like, there's no time. And then he ends up running back in to save the Gilvos. Um, and like running back out and Picard is like, we're getting too close to the planet, getting too close to the planet. I I have to detonate. I have to detonate. And he's like, Riker, Riker, are you there? Silence. Riker, are you there? Silence. He's like fire and just fires these torpedoes. Seconds later, he hears from Riker. He's like, we're fine. We got the kid out of the bio lab. Here's my question. It wasn't just the bio lab that had to be evacuated. Like that whole section, like you guys were the whole section. literally yeah. right outside the fucking door of the bio lab. Like you're still in the splash zone, buddy. Yeah. Like you are still in the radiation zone. I, the I don't same, know what y'all are this, talking about. I had the same thought. And I was like, yeah, you guys still have like force fields, like internally force fields, but you don't have the ships, the ships force field and yeah, the whole the thing was shield. that yeah the whole thing was that the radiation was going to flood all the decks so like i felt like you should have gotten the kid and gotten back on that turbo lift and gotten out of that deck because to me yeah. it's like it's like being exposed to the vacuum of space or something right like if that yeah. happens you need to be totally out of that area completely not just completely. like around the corner like out yeah. of the area completely yes. but yeah whatever i guess you know closing the door was good enough yeah. No, absolutely. So if absolutely. Alexander had just calmly walked outside of that room at any point, I guess he would have been fine. <laughs> I guess so. Now the, the photons ended up destroying the wave and all is well, that ends well there. And the next thing we see is Alexander in sick bay. And I think at this point, Dr. Crusher needs to get her facts straight. Okay. Because she's like, Alexander has some minor smoke inhalation and a hairline fracture in his tibia, which is in his leg. I'd like to keep him overnight, but he'll be fine. Girl, what are you talking about? A hairline fracture and some smoke inhalation and you're going to keep him overnight? She like saves somebody from like decapitation and she's like, you'll be back on duty in an hour. And if this is going to take overnight, false, false, Beverly. There was an episode when she fell in love with that guy who has healing powers. Yes. And she was like, John Doe. He was interacting with his brain, like directly in his brain stem. Like, and, like touching the next it day and he was squishing crying. it and shit. And he would be like up and running in no time. And now- this kid inhaled some smoke, pr- practically grew up in the 80s, like with secondhand smoke and a hairline fracture, and he needs to sleep overnight in sick bay. Has your technology also been affected by the Soliton <laughs> wave, girl? What is going on? I was really annoyed by that. I was like, no, Beverly. No, no, no. He should be up and playing Parisi squares and 15 minutes flat. <laughs> like, what are you talking about overnight? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> 
I think maybe I went a little hard on that, but the point is like, it seems like the math doesn't always add up. Yeah, You made me, you made me think to myself, this is what our review sounds like when we haven't had a snack. It sounds like that. (laughs) How dare you, Beverly? This is ridiculous. Get your fucking facts right, Beverly. I did realize, I actually did realize I have not eaten breakfast. I went surfing and then I got straight here. So I think maybe I'm hangry. I don't know. I could tell. I could tell. Yeah. If I were to rephrase it, I'd say. Um, maybe those facts don't always line up because she's like saved people from like open heart surgery and they'll be out of, out of recovery in like four hours. And this kid needs like, he needs a bandaid and he has to stay the night in sick bay. Like, sounds like that doesn't add up. Is that better? (laughs) Say it however you want to say it. I'm not, I'm not monitoring. I need a snack is what I'm saying. Yeah. So then, you know, yeah. And who doesn't honestly? So. So Beverly walks away smiling and Worf kind of looks over at, at Alexander and Alexander's like, are you going to get in trouble because of what I did? And he's like, don't worry about that. And he goes, am I in trouble? And Worf kind of thinks about it and then goes, yes. And then he's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, well, don't worry about that either. <laughs> and then he's like, you know what? It, you like Klingon schools are very challenging. So sending you away will be hard, but if you want an even greater challenge, you could stay here in the enterprise with me and it'll be really hard for us both to figure out this whole father son thing. But if you want that challenge, I'm totally, I'm totally down for that. And Alexander's like, I accept your challenge father. And I was like, Oh, that's cute. It took, that is really it cute. took Alexander almost dying for Worf to be like, you know, on second thought, I think I do like this kid and I think I will try. So yay. It all worked out. Like if Alexander hadn't been in near death, he'd be in that Klingon school with Kern right now now getting his ass whooped literally consistently every day and you know what the corvin gilvos got saved from annihilation also Mm -hmm. so yay for conservation because the teacher said there was only like 17 left on the whole planet or something Mm -hmm. and i was like oh man these poor kids let's not take them on the enterprise either let's keep them out of harm's way (laughs) is there is there like a like a b-level ship that they can be on like just a you know (laughs) the cerritos from lower decks yeah 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 seriously um okay well that's where the episode ends what are your final thoughts on this episode Cherise? you know i think this episode had some really interesting ideas and some really interesting moments. Um, it was not my favorite episode of the season so far because there are so many episodes in season five that I'm just obsessed with. Like, yeah, and I'm yeah. so excited for us to get to them. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't my favorite episode, but like it was, it was good. What about you? Yeah, I feel kind of the same way. Like last week's episode, A Matter of Time, was really fun. Like it was fun, light. And then we go right into this new ground that's like, you know, this really, really antagonistic relationship between Worf and his son. And the first impression that we're all getting from Alexander is not a favorable impression. Like he's whiny, he's bratty, he's defensive, he's a bully, he's dishonest, he's he's a thief. Like it's not great. However, looking at it with a different set of eyes last night, I was like, wow, this poor kid is so unwanted and has so many reasons that he can point to tangibly to be like, here's where I was unwanted and here and here and here as well. And it's just a really tough situation for both of them. But I do like that, like they sort of find a way to be like, let's both get into this mess together. Um, I do wish that the A and B plots had been swapped because I think the Soliton wave is like way more interesting than mm-hmm. Alexander's hot mess, but whatever, like it's actually, it's fine. It made me like hate Alexander less. I still don't love the kid, but I, 
Um, I am looking forward to next week. It's a more data heavy episode. Next week, we're talking season five, episode 11, Hero Worship, which I think is, it's also working with kids, but Mm -hmm. in a totally different sort of flavor. And I look forward to digging into that with you. Yeah, that's going to be super fun. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.